This is episode 22 of season 4 of the Runner Girls podcast. On tonight's show, we'll be talking about choosing a marathon training plan. I'm Katie, and this is season four of Runner Girls, three women brought together by a love of running. Yes, and so happy that we're all back together tonight on the podcast. Welcome back, Katie. We missed you. Thank you very much. I missed you ladies as well. It's so nice to hear your voice, and I was just remarking earlier, like, you sound so healthy and vibrant, and you, and that's actually not been the case. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I had some kind of summer sniffle going on last week, and I don't know if it was some kind of allergy or if I was, you know, just caught a little bug or something with sinus related to the sinuses because I'd been doing a lot of cleaning and painting last week. Mm. I had to paint my classroom. Do you all get to paint your classrooms, Megan? Um, I've never tried. Okay. I don't know if it's not a, we've had teachers, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I've never asked cause I've never wanted to. Right. It's just a lot of work for something. And mm. I've never really had my own classroom. This is the first year where I have my own classroom okay. and I'm not painting it cause I'm just, but we did have teachers like put chalkboard paint on their walls this past year. So I can imagine we can, as long as it looks good and isn't tacky I don't think our principal cares see I had never heard of any such monster before and so when some of the girls that I work with now told me that they were going in to paint their classrooms I was like wow what (laughs) what are you doing and they were like oh we can paint it whatever color we want and they moved a lot of people around the school this year so I had to go in and get that done because I'm taking a male teacher's classroom who's been there for like years and years and years he was the yearbook teacher and I'm not sure if he's perhaps colorblind or what the situation <laughs> might be, but it needed a uh, sprucing up, let's say. Mm. And before I could paint, I had to clean because they were in the process of like rewiring for new alarm systems and the fire alarms and just a whole bunch of mess that's going on in the school that I'm moving to. So I had to clean everything before I could paint it. So I don't know if that stirred something up, but. Long story short, I'm glad that I sound better than I ultimately feel. So thank you. (laughs) No problem. I don't know if you caught the episode. I know you've been busy and out and about and doing stuff. But when Megan and I recorded by ourselves a couple weeks ago, I was pretty sick. And I I mean, I sounded like a frog. So (laughs) (laughs) thankfully, I'm feeling a lot better. And I'm glad you're feeling better with what you were dealing with as well. So how how is the transitioning going? Ooh, it's rough. Um, it's it's a lot. This summer has flown by, and as we talked about, you know, now there's only about a week left before I got to go back to to daily work. So I'm uh, trying to hold on to what little bit I can. I'm actually back in South Carolina for the next few days. This is my last trip down here to get a couple more boxes and things to take back to Kentucky with me before the big move, like of furniture stuff, which will happen Labor Day weekend. But um, it's been a lot of time on the road, a lot of time in the car, going back and forth, bringing what I can now. And like I said, saving the big furniture pieces for last because I can't 
can't even get into my apartment until the last week of August because there's nothing available till then. I'm telling you, the city of Lexington is insane when it comes to the housing market, but there's been a lot of back and forth, more school meetings that I've already had to go to. We basically created all of the course that I'm teaching. We created all of their standards, all of the common assessments. So it's been a very, very busy summer between work, adjusting to a new school, new colleagues, of course, new standards on top of moving, period, you know, getting everything situated and getting everything lined up between the friends that I'm going to have to stay with from the end of July to the end of August. And it's a lot. I'm very thankful. And that's what I just keep telling myself. Like, (laughs) you wanted to get back to Kentucky for a while, be appreciative, be glad that it's working now, and just go with it because that's all you can do, you know? But um, it's a lot. So in these next few days, I am trying to wrap up the loose ends down here in South Carolina, go back up to Kentucky, hopefully by maybe Wednesday or Thursday, and then hopefully just have one or two days to float in the pool. That would be great. Mm. I got one, one day to float in the pool so far this summer. And like, I just want one more before I got to go back to work. So fingers crossed, that'll work out. (laughs) You should just schedule it in somewhere. Like this is pool time. There's, there's nothing can interfere with it. That would be great. I'll whip out the flare markers and bubble it into the life planner. <laughs> like, this is pool day. Don't talk to me. Let me float and be happy. <laughs> and hope that you have good weather that day, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be my luck. Like, torrential downpour on pool day. Yeah. Oh, well, hang in there, Katie. You're doing great. Thanks. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. That's what I was just going to say. It's getting there. It's getting closer. So that's what I'm holding on to. Awesome. So how are you doing, Megan? You went to the beach last week. How did that go? It was good. It was nice to have a week to spend with family and everything. Just a week with everybody, kind of no schedule, doing what we wanted. Nice. And just being with everybody. At the end of my week, though, I was very ready to go home between, you know, spending a whole week in a house with your entire family. And I missed the dogs. I was very surprised. I felt like a mom sending her kids off to camp. I wanted to call the vet and be like, are they okay? Did they do okay? Because I boarded them. And so I was like, (laughs) I'm looking at Marshall. I'm like, do do you think they're okay? Do you think they're being good? Should I call and check on them? He's looking at me like I'm crazy. He's like, they're fine. Don't worry about it. You're a mom. (laughs) Yeah, to puppies. So that was really nice. And then you've just been at home playing Pokemon. Pokemon Go, right? Yeah, I was. I finally finished Orange is the New Black, which broke my heart. And I don't even want to talk about it. I'm not over it yet. (laughs) Um, Last night, we had a scare with the air conditioner, as in we had to turn it off for multiple hours because the whole thing had frozen over. And I was very worried in summer we wouldn't have air. But we just needed a new filter, so we went and got that, let it defrost, and turned it back on, and now it's working. Nice. So there are no worries with not having air. Oh, good. That would be hard. (laughs) We haven't put ours in yet. Last year, we got through the summer without it, so I'm hoping. Again, my son's trying to talk me into it. He's like, I think BB needs the air on. (laughs) (laughs) I like his approach. Yeah. Well, the dogs were panting, and I felt bad for them. And it was cool out. It was... 
I mean, it was midnight and 70 out, but there was no breeze. So it was just hot inside. There was no airflow. And we don't have a fan in the living room. So I finally went to bed. I was like, look, I'm just going to lay in bed, mostly unclothed with the fan blowing on me for just for some airflow Hmm. until it gets cooler. And that'll work for me. And it did. I don't know how other states don't have air conditioning. I don't know if it's cooler there because... I've only lived in Florida and now North Carolina, and I can't imagine a place with no air. I get used to it just because I see it as a benefit to be heat trained. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a dork for running. Like, I'm just like, you know what? I'd rather not be cold. I get cold. See, now that I'm like used to the heat or this last week was pretty brutal, actually. I mean, it was just... I clean houses for a living, and a lot of them don't leave the air conditioner running during the day. And so I just keep cleaning and the and the windows are all closed up and it's like hot and I'm working hard and I'm like, there's like sweat dripping off of me and I'm like cleaning up the sweat pretty much. Sounds disgusting. It is disgusting. Um, so, but I see it as a benefit because now it's like, oh, when it's 70 degrees, all of a sudden it's cold. I'm cold. Like I'm actually getting used to the heat. So, so that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but things are going good here. We had, um, what did we do this week? Oh, uh, well, this past weekend, we went away to Jeff's parents' camp. I had asked them months ago if we could have the camp for this weekend because I was planning on doing the Midnight Owl race. But then going into it, I wasn't sure if I was going to or not. But we still wanted to go up this weekend because, you know, why not go away and have a weekend away? So we went up there and the weather was beautiful. We went and did some swimming in the pond, laying out on the dock and getting some sun. It was really nice. Anna brought a friend up and it was good. I always like being up there, but then it's like coming home and then there's just so much more work to do. I have a crazy busy week ahead of me, so I'm not looking forward to that, but I am because I guess like you were talking about, Katie, like it's a lot, but at the same time, I'm grateful because that means like I have money because of it. So right. it's good to have the work. So I'm I'm trying to remember that. But um, and last week was actually a tough work week as well. So and the heat doesn't make it any easier. So I'm uh, I'm adjusting. I'm enjoying summer, I think. <laughs> mostly I enjoy the the fun parts like a week or two ago Jeff and I went down to Boston to see the Beach Boys and just like having one night away you know just me and him having like date night away and doing fun things and exploring a city and whatnot is really cool really really cool so uh so it makes all the the tough work days worth it I guess Nice. So that's what I've been up to. And I've been doing some running and I'm interested to hear if you girls have. Are you ready to talk about our training? Sure. Yes. All right. Okay, Katie, how's your summer (laughs) running training going? Running for running or running around like a crazy person? I think I've used that line before though, haven't I? Yeah, the the running as far as putting on the tennis shoes and getting out the door, that's that's been few and far between. But there is a little bit of, uh, again, light at the end of the tunnel here. Because as you know, I have the half marathon that my sister and I are going to do at the end of October, the Urban Bourbon Half Marathon in Louisville. The good news is now I don't have to travel as far to get to Louisville nice. <laughs> in October. This one we were going to do, of course, last year, but ended up having to defer 
registration to this year because of the wedding I ended up having to go to and, and stuff last year. But anyway, I plugged in to the ASICs, my training app that I talked about here on the podcast before, just to see when it started me out for training plan, getting back into half marathon shape. And that will actually be next week. Uh, Of course, it eases you into it because it's like 15 weeks out. But that'll be good because I have not done any regular running since May, the end of May. You know, it's, it's maybe I think a couple of sporadic times in June. And then after that, it's just been craziness. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Again, it starts me out slow. I think I've got a two mile run and then a three mile run the first week. And then the next week it builds up and so on and so forth. But you get to put in the the date of the event, your goal time, all that good stuff. And it sets you up the best way to achieve that goal by that date. So that's that's what's going on in my training world. (laughs) So you're starting training next week then? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, and it's just a two-run week that first week, so I'm hoping that that will be doable. I know it's going to be pretty crazy, like I said, just because I don't really have a place to live until the end of August. I mean, of course, I'm staying with friends, but of course, that's always a little bit more hectic because you don't necessarily get to do everything on your own schedule, and I'll be driving back and forth between Lexington, where I'm living, and and just outside the city where I'll be working. Then on the weekends, I have to go back to Ashland because my doggies will be staying with my parents until Mm -hmm. I get my place. I know, like, it's been so tough to just leave them whenever I've had to come back down here to South Carolina for a few days and bring things back and forth because you get so used to them being there when you open that door and it's quiet, you know, it's, it's tough, but I'll be making the trek back and forth and it's not that bad. It's like an hour and a half, two hours, but still it's going to be rough not having them with me and, um, just, just a lot going on. Like I said, after Labor Day, I'm golden. That's, (laughs) that's, there's like a giant circle around Labor Day in my calendar because that's what I'm very much looking forward to. Awesome. Well, great. I hope the next several weeks go smoothly for you and that you are able to get started on that half marathon training plan. Thanks. Me too. All right. So, Megan, how is your summer marathon training going? It is very warm, but going. When we went to the beach, I had planned to do all four of my runs, and that didn't happen, unfortunately. I got two of my runs in. I did about four miles of speed work on the 4th of July. I ended up taking off my shirt and running in just my sports bra and was still dripping sweat. <laughs> it was really hot and humid at the beach. It was. I would wake up at 6 a.m., and the sun would already be up, and it would be 78 with 80% humidity, 90% humidity. I was like, oh, this is lovely. So, but I did one run on Monday and then Thursday morning, I did another run of five miles. And then Thursday, we spent the whole day at the beach with the kids and I got sunburned like everywhere. So what was your speed workout? I did 90 seconds hard and 60 seconds easy Mm -hmm. for 28 minutes, I think is what it was. I imagine it's a lot harder to run like hard when it's hot like that when it's that hot yeah and so I went by feel I didn't go by pace yeah so some of my easy was walking like I didn't even pay attention to 
what I was like a time mm-hmm. I was just running by feel what hard was and what easy was because I knew with the humidity and the heat it was going to be harder yeah. and I still don't know what my time was for that I just did it and got it done and I was like yes nice. so that was nice and then I did five miles on the treadmill because my brother-in-law was going to the gym and there was a planet fitness like 30 minutes away and he has one of those cards where you can take as many guest members as you want or whatever so that was my other workout and then that day I had planned to do another long run and I was just going to miss one run and then I got sunburnt everywhere and really didn't even want to put shorts on and I couldn't imagine putting on my sports bra or sweating and wearing shorts for 12 miles in the heat I was like this is just not going to happen so I put my run off and didn't run again until this Monday. And that was almost five miles worth of speed work and counting while well, I had two miles worth of warm up and cool down. Mm-hmm. So really almost three miles worth of speed work. And that was what were called up down fart legs. So we did one minute hard, one minute easy, and then two minutes hard and one minute easy, and then three minutes hard and one minute easy. Tough. Two minutes hard, one minute's easy, and then one minute hard, one minute easy. Like a ladder you workout? A, yeah, like a ladder with just minutes. And then we repeated that. Are those three minutes hard, like, really tough? That was, and it really wouldn't have been that bad, except for you only get a minute, and then you go back to two minutes hard yeah. right after that. That's more the issue. The three <laughs> minutes were okay, but then having to go back and do two minutes again right afterwards, I was like, ugh. <laughs> So I think I walked one of my one minute easies in there. I was like, I'll make it through. And then after my three, I think I'm going to have to walk so I can run my two hard again. It's just we've been doing those at night and around 630, which is good because it's less humid in the evening here, Mm -hmm. but it's warmer. So it's you can kind of trade off. Like if I were to run in the morning, it would be a little bit cooler but it would be way more humid. Right. So I got to trade which one I want. And those are only done at night anyway. So that's why I've been doing those. And then Wednesday night, I did five miles of tempo, which was hard. Tuesday night, we went out for a friend's birthday. And so I didn't do anything Wednesday. I wouldn't say I was hungover because I didn't really drink, but I just kind of felt blah all day and didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I didn't end up running until 10 p.m. after bowling again, which is not anything that makes me feel good. And I have to get up on Wednesdays and do it at least in the mid-morning, if not early in the morning, because it's not going to work to continue to do it at night. I feel miserable and I don't want to do it. And it's just difficult to run five miles at 10 p.m. on any schedule. (laughs) So I was like, this is not, I can't, I just felt miserable And Thursday I ran, no, I didn't run Thursday. This is the other thing. I need to switch my easy runs to Thursday because right now on my plan, they're Thursday or or Friday. Or And so the past couple times I've done them Friday night because that's just when I've gotten to it. So I ran Friday at like 6 p.m. I ran four miles and I did, it was like 11 minutes. It was really easy and it felt fine. But then 12 hours later, I got up and ran 13 miles. (laughs) I was like, that's not, I can't, and it's been okay, because we were talking about how it kind of gets me used to running on tired legs, and that, but I think it's making my long runs feel harder than they really have to, and it's making me not 
just feel worse about doing them. Yeah. So I'm going to switch those at least to Friday mornings, if not Thursdays, because I just think the, the lack of recovery time is making it harder for me to do my runs on Saturday mornings. Yeah. And Saturday I ran 13 miles, which is really weird to say because it wasn't a half marathon or anything. I've never run that far in non-race. Right. So it was hard. It was just really humid. Smashron told me it was 80% humidity and 72. It was overcast, though, for a lot of it. There wasn't a whole lot of sun, but it was just warm. I sweated a lot. I just felt not good. It was just hard. Yeah. Humidity, you don't realize how hard humidity makes everything until you run in it. And then you're like, oh, why is this so hard? And then you look at the humidity later and it's like, oh, that's why. Yeah, it's like your your sweat doesn't evaporate. It just sticks to you. So it doesn't really cool you off. Yes. And that's the thing. Like I could, I kept like touching my arms and everything and I was just covered in sweat. It wasn't cooling me. It was just staying on my skin. And I was just, this is just not as exciting. I was having some GI issues too. I had to stop and use the bathroom at a gas station. So that was, luckily the gas station was there and they were very fine with me being a runner. She even told me, she's like, thank you. Or she's like, I said, thank you. And I gave her back the key and she's like, have a good run. I was like, thanks. Yeah. I was at like mile nine. So I was like, "Ugh," (laughs) but, um, I did it. I feel good. I wasn't having breathing issues. My legs hurt. And then I looked and there's almost 500 feet of elevation gain. I was like, oh, that would be why it was pretty hilly. So um, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) I, I mean, it's weird to think about running 13 miles. I did it in two hours and like 44 minutes. So good. It is not my slowest 13 miles ever. I averaged about 1230. So I felt pretty good about that. And I probably could have gone faster, but I was running with another lady. She's doing a marathon a month later than me. And her plan only called for 11. And we ended up getting lost and doing like 12 and a half. And then I ran the extra half mile to make my 13. And she was just feeling even worse. And we've got to work on pacing because our first three miles were amazing. And I don't know if it's because it was cooler too. So before it started heating up, because we did those right at 11 minutes, like they were 10:58, 10:59, and I think like 10:30. Mm. And I was trying to pace to stay like between 11 and 11:30 would have been an ideal goal. So I think you have a lot of factors working against you here, and that it's well, it's summer and it's hot, of course, but also the fact that you've been doing your easy runs you know, the Friday night before. And so you're, you're, you're just going to bonk on all of your, your long runs, which is fine. Um, obviously it's not the ideal way to run all of your long runs. You want to have some nice ones in there. So, um, but that, and then combined with the, the elevation that you talked about. So no wonder it's a tough run, Megan. (laughs) I know. And sometimes when you say it, you think about it and you're like, wow, this sucked. And considering all that, you still pulled out a 244 half. That's pretty good. I, I think. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is, I can, I can do this. I just need to be smarter. And then I kind of got thinking too, and I'm trying not to 
I'm not stressing over my long runs because it's kind of is training, figuring stuff out. And it's been trying like what I can eat the day before a long run and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I found out this week I can't, there's certain things I just can't have. My stomach doesn't like it and it's just not good. And so that's been useful in really knowing that I can feel if I don't take anything before like five miles five miles is about my cutoff right now Mm -hmm. for goo which is nice knowing I can go up to five miles before it really starts to affect me yeah and then I know I'm needing Gatorade especially if it's warm I have to take that Gatorade in the middle of my run that's been the harder thing is figuring out the fueling stuff which I know is you this know, is the time to do it, but thinking about how much water to take in with the heat and everything. You know to keep the Gatorade and the goose separate, though, right? Like, at least a couple miles apart, because, um, that I mean, that could be an issue, well, maybe a factor in your GI issues, because if you take Gatorade and goo together, it's just too much for your, your body to process at once. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that, because I've never done it before. I don't think. Usually I take water with my goo and save Gatorade for before that. Okay. So, like, I think I did four miles. I took Gatorade. And then it was mile five or a little bit after before I did the goo. Yeah. So that was, and it was a long mile four. (laughs) And that's another thing that I've noticed. Like, I tend to have more upset stomach if I'm doing too much fueling, you know. That's a that's yeah. a thing that makes me queasy. I, I don't know. I've been I've been thinking about that a lot lately, just based on my last few um, races. But yeah, now's the time to figure all that stuff out. These uh, training runs, get it figured out so that you have a process that you can rely on on race day. You know. Yeah. And I unfortunately my GI was started before the run even started. Ooh. Yeah. So that's where I was like, well, we'll just see how this goes. <laughs> So I knew already it was going to be, and I was surprised I could make it to mile eight before needing a bathroom. You know, I was like, okay, I'm glad I made it this far. Because the whole time I was like, and I was trying to put it off and wait, because I know with racing, sometimes there's not going to be like a bathroom available the whole time. So Mm -hmm. trying to just to see what I can do, because I looked at my map for the porta potties and there's like a five mile or six mile stretch with no porta potties at all just because it's not in that section of the course right so I was like okay but two it's early in the morning we passed where we were running in the city there was not very many places or it was out of the way to find a gas station so I was like okay I'll just wait until I can't anymore (laughs) and that's what I did so I'm really liking marathon training and that feels weird to say but I do if I can figure out some of my speed work pacing like for my tempo runs Mm mm-hmm that'll be fine. I think I just need to go slower and tell myself it'll be okay. Yeah. Tempo run, you don't want to be going like 5k pace. It should definitely be a little bit slower than that. It should be faster than half marathon pace, but slower than 5k pace. So if you're like running like full on race effort for a tempo run, that's way too fast. Yeah. And I think if I do it in the morning, it'll be better. And then I can hit some of my paces, but it, by the end of the day, it hasn't, I haven't felt like doing it. I don't know. Like it, I know it's harder for me to run good paces at night. Hmm. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I know I don't run as well later at night. 
just at the end of the day and everything having been on my feet all day yeah, or doing stuff. So I'm going to try for the mornings and to slow it down a little bit. I've been running my tempo runs at, I think, 1030 for my fast pace, which is not my 5k pace. 1030, wouldn't that be closer to your marathon pace, though? Well, my half marathon pace was an 11. When you ran 221? 59 is what I did. 223, yeah, it averaged to be like 1058. Oh, okay. All right. So it's 30 seconds faster, and my 5K pace I just did was a nine-minute, like 905 5K. Yeah. So a minute and a half slower than 5K and 30 seconds faster than half. I would think it might be closer to the 5K and than the half. I, I, that would be my guess. But have you have you asked your coach about it? His paces actually want me – I've been right – it's been too hard. I try, This is the issue. His paces are based on like my 5k pace. He has me at 10 minutes. Right. And my 5k pace isn't 10 minutes, but it's based on my half pace. So according to the half I did, my 5k pace should be 10 minutes. Right. So what I would say is since your 5k is more recent and a better gauge of your current fitness, go off of your last 5k times and you'd be probably closer to that than to your half marathon pace. Yeah, and my goal is I'm going to wait a couple more weeks because he said we can always readjust times because I know I w- I'm going to probably end up outrunning them anyway with marathon yeah. training as I get faster. So instead of adjusting them now, I was going to wait till like halfway through and see about adjusting them if it'll work because my slow runs are supposed to be at like 11, 45 to 12 or something. Yeah. And that hasn't happened e- either like 11 to 11.15 is like a good slow pace yeah. for me, except for my long distance runs, which are just because the heat and humidity right. make me slower. So it's not, and we were talking about, I talked to my coach after that because he was at the run on Saturday and he's like, there's, you wouldn't have hit your paces today anyway. Nobody mm-hmm. would have. The right. weather isn't, it's just too humid. It, you're just not going to feel good. He's like, don't feel bad. The weather is just hard to run in today. So me and the other girl, we were both like, okay, that makes me feel better. So some of that is just thinking about how much humidity affects running, right? which is a ton. Yeah, but Megan, all I can think about is how fast you're going to be in the fall. Like, seriously. I'm I'm excited. You're you're already super fast. (laughs) Like, to me, to like where I am right now, I'm like, oh my God, you're going to blow me away come spring. (laughs) Well, I'm looking for um, a, I want to do probably a half in November just to see right after the marathon training, give me a little bit of time to recover and then do either November or December where it's definitely cooler. Marshall is no longer marathon training or half marathon training. He said it's just too hot, which I get. I asked him, he's like, I don't know how you run in the seat. I was like, I just do it. And so I told him, I'm like, well, there are half marathons at all time of the year. We can change and do a spring half and then you're training when it's cooler. Yeah. So I think that's what the goal is. I'm going to do Tobacco Road again in March. I know for sure he might run that. That might be the race he does. I'm not sure right now what his goal is. We haven't talked about it other than I'm not going to bug him about training anymore. Right. Because it's too hot for him. Right. So. Well, awesome. You are killing it with your training. 
as hard as it is that you're getting out there and you're getting these runs done and getting that mileage in, I'm, I'm super impressed and I think you're doing a great job. Oh yeah. I ran what almost 27 miles this week, 26.8. Wow. Nice. Which is my highest mileage week ever. And I averaged an 11.43 pace. So I would have been like close to a 5.10 marathon. Yeah. 5.09, something like that, which I will take if all my, you know, training runs this week were added up. <laughs> but I was just looking at that because it says 26.8 miles in a five minute, five hours and 13 minutes. I was like, oh, that's, I ran a, just ran a, a marathon over, over a, a marathon this week. <laughs> awesome. I've never done that before. It's weird to think about it. So we're getting into all new territory now because I have a 14 mile training run coming up this week Ooh. and that'll be the longest I've ever run before Wow! at one time. Big deal. Big deal. Awesome. Yeah, it's kind of getting to that scary point now, like, oh, but I know the area I'm running in and kind of feel comfortable. Yep. Now I'm just doing it. Like, it's kind of like, okay, follow the plan, do it. You start week six next week. Awesome. And so what does week six entail? Speed work tomorrow night. It'll be three mile gear shifters, which is speed work, um, where it's kind of like a progression run over a mile. You run easy for the first third and then medium hard for the second third and then hard for the last third of a mile Mm -hmm. rest and then do that two more times, I think is what we're going to do. So that'll be interesting to work on pacing and pushing when it's hard. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been using the speed work for is when my legs are tired and heavy to keep going Yeah, and keep running. And then I have five tempo interval miles, which is where I do a mile cool up and then half a mile hard, quarter mile easy, or like half a mile at that tempo pace, and then a quarter mile easy, and then half mile tempo, quarter mile easy, until I get to five miles. And then four miles easy, hopefully on Friday morning or Thursday, and then 14 miles on Saturday. (laughs) Woohoo! Awesome. Well, great. I can't wait to hear about it next week and to find out how it went for you. Great job, Megan. So as far as my running, I have been running, which is great. I know last time we spoke, Megan, you and I spoke, I was, was I running then or not? I think that I had decided that my problem was in my calf muscle. And so the thing that I've been noticing is that my calves are just like perpetually sore. And I, it's not like I've been doing anything specific to them. They're just always kind of sore if I push into the both calves. And I hadn't been running, so I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it has to do with something that I'm doing at work. But so I've been working on massaging them. And I started running again, let's see, two weeks ago I did a test run, which was like a little over a mile and a half. And just did really easy up the road and back and I was still getting over my cold at that point so it didn't go great but I I felt fine and my leg felt fine and like I said just my calves are sore so just kind of massaged them afterward and then after that run I decided that I think it was a Thursday so I just took the rest of the week to kind of let my calves recover and then I 
started on Monday with another easy run. At this point, I kind of ditched the return to running plan that I promised I was going to stick to um, for a few reasons. Number one, I have to train for Reach the Beach. And the other reason is the return to running plan is actually a little too aggressive for me. I want to have more rest days between my running at this point in case, you know, my bones are still recovering. I want to have more rest time. And the return to running plan basically has me going from two rest days between runs to the next week, one rest day between runs to like back-to-back runs. And I would just like to right now keep it with two rest days per run for at least a few weeks. So that's what I'm doing instead. More rest days and being even more conservative. So the first run that I did on Monday was uh, I think about two and a half miles. It was really humid and my breathing was really bad. I I used my inhaler that day, so I didn't know why my breathing was so bad, but I was still uh, probably a little bit sick as well. So I kept the pace easy and my heart rate stayed really low. It My average heart rate was 93 beats per minute. Um, which is pretty good for me for running. And then at that point, I was starting to think about, hmm, do I want to do Midnight Owl this weekend? Because I'd been going back and forth on it since I hadn't been running. And then my next run was two days after that, which was three miles easy. And I didn't use my inhaler, but my breathing was a lot better. I think I'd been recovering from my cold more. The running still felt really hard. So in both of these runs, I've had to take walk breaks, multiple walk breaks, which, you know, I hate that. But I figured it's better from, you know, return to running to to have the walking and especially where the running is so challenging right now. Like, I can't get through three miles without walking. I couldn't get through two miles without walking. One thing that I noticed, though, which I thought was really weird because I have been, you know, paying such close attention to my heart rate is that my heart rate was actually higher during my walking breaks than it was during the running, which I don't get. So maybe I'm just a terribly inefficient walker. Maybe that's why I hate walking. (laughs) You guys seen me. You guys have seen me walk. I'm like in turbo mode, like I'm focused and I'm on a mission, you know, and I'm not a leisurely walker, I guess, so maybe that's why my heart rate's so much higher. But yeah, my my heart rate would go get up into the 100s during the walk breaks, and then when I was running, again, be back in the low 90s. So I just thought that was funny. So that was, uh, I think, Wednesday. The reason why I did it on Wednesday instead of Thursday was because at this point, I was pretty sure I was gonna do the Midnight Owl 15k which is 9.3 miles. And I figured better to have as much rest as possible going into that. So I wanted to space my second run of the week far away from the the long run. So Midnight Owl was Saturday night. We were up at the camp and I still wasn't sure that day whether I was going to do it or not. Bree actually asked me about it and was talking about whether she was going to do it again She ended up not being able to. She had other commitments. So at that point, I wasn't sure because I didn't want to run in the dark by myself for long stretches of road. Because, you know, I did the race last year and it's not a terribly well-lit course. And it's at nighttime and it's in a very rural area where, by the way, a few years ago, a woman was kidnapped and held, you know, hostage for days. It's just... You know, and there's bears, there's bear crossing signs on the course. And I'm just like, (laughs) ah, bears. (laughs) 
lions and tigers and kidnappers and bears. Oh my. <laughs> um, so I was nervous about doing it by myself. And so I talked to Jeff about it and Jeff agreed to be my support crew. So what he would do was just to drive along the route and like find like safe places to park on the side and wait for me to pass. So I had my, of course, had my pepper spray and I had my headlamp and I had my reflective vest. And then I had this neon flashing strobe light thingy where anytime I passed him or saw his car I would just wave it above my head like a maniac and then he would turn on his lights and move to the next spot where we would meet up and that was just so that he'd know that I was still on course and so I would know like if I got freaked out I I would have him there so that was the plan as far as pacing goes well I couldn't get through two or three mile runs without walking so I'm like I'm gonna start well ahead of midnight this time i when when brie and i ran it together last year we started at like 10 10 or 10 15 something like that and i had no idea how long it was going to take me to run 9.3 miles i knew one thing i knew for sure there was going to be walking and so i figured i'd start either at 10 or just before 10 when i got there got registered and everything and was getting ready to actually run at that point i decided give myself the extra cushion and be fair with myself and and say it's okay to walk and so i decided i'd start five minutes before 10 o'clock and just give myself that little extra buffer so that hopefully i'd be even with the walking crossing the finish line at midnight which is the goal of the midnight owl so it was pretty dark already when we got there and I got ready to run. I got to the the starting point at like 9.50ish. And uh, they're pretty laid back there. You know, this is a really small race. There was quite a few people, a few more people running at this year than last year, which was cool. But like, you know, the timing, like they're just like, all right, what's your number? What time are you going to start? And then you just start running when it's that time on the clock. They didn't even, like, count me down or anything. Like, no fanfare at all. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm running. And the guy wasn't even paying attention, the timing guy. So I was like, I'm going to go now. And he's like, okay. you just like, shut up, go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just start running and wave to Jeff as I pass him. And the first half mile is on busy street in north conway and so there's plenty of people like walking hanging out and like looking at me like i'm a crazy runner and one person did call me a crazy runner and i was just just smiled and kept on going because i didn't know if they knew at that point that i'm running in a race because i have a race bib on but nobody else is running down the street with me it's just me so that was kind of amusing i turned the corner onto the um the first turn and when I'm running down that road, it's completely dark. I mean, there's street lamps here and there, but I mean, it's mostly dark. So thankfully I have the headlamp so I can watch where I'm going. Not a large shoulder either. So you really have to be careful with traffic, especially over the bridges. There's a few bridges, but it's great. Like I love running at night and I love this course. I forgot how much I love this course because the first part is mostly like that first section of the course, I'd say the mile or so is flat and downhill. So that was really nice. And I get to the next turn and there's um, there's plenty of volunteers there waving me on. So like it's not, even though for long stretches I'm by myself, there are other people out there, which is nice. And at some point people start passing me 
And I'm just like, hmm, am I running too slow or are they running too fast? I have no idea because you're not supposed to wear a watch. So I have no idea what pace I'm going. I just tried to settle into what I felt was a comfortable, easy pace. And if I had to guess, I, I thought at the time, I was like, this is probably somewhere in like the high 12. So like between 1230 and 1245, something like that. But I try not to think about my pace too much and just try to be comfortable. And so running down that next stretch is West Side Road. And it's like, I want to say like seven, seven and a half miles long. And it is dark. And I'm by myself again. And it's scary. It's like you're in the middle of the woods and who knows what's out there. So uh, fortunately, I did see Jeff at various spots along the road and flashed my my light at him and um, eventually other runners I started catching up to other runners and then was thinking hmm I'm probably going too fast because the time I started at put me at like a 1320 average to finish at midnight but I'm like for sure they'll be walking so I'm not going to worry about going too fast Um, and again too fast for me was like mid 12s (laughs) you know it wasn't it wasn't super fast by any means I just knew like at this rate, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to walk. So I've passed the the two mile mark and it, and I start thinking about like, am I going to fuel? I brought two energy gels with me, but since my last two races that I did on the trails, I got like upset stomach during both of them because I was way over fueling. This time I decided to do a less is more approach. I didn't use the cornstarch before the race. I didn't have anything to eat probably in the couple of hours before the race because, well, it was Saturday and it was cheat day and I'd been picking out all day long. So I was like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to have a full stomach going into the race. So I didn't eat anything before. I brought two energy gels with me and I figured maybe I'd take the first one around mile three or mile four, depending on how I was feeling. So... I got to mile three and I still felt pretty good energy wise and was pleasantly surprised that I made it to three miles without walking. And I was like, this pace feels good. I can breathe. Didn't use my inhaler. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep doing this as long as I can. And then get to mile four, decide I don't need the energy gel yet. I ended up taking it, I think around four and a half. And at this point, I'm starting to catch up to more runners and it, the these the people that started way before me are mostly walkers so they're like run walkers but mostly walkers so most of the people that I'm passing from now on are walking and a, and a couple people at this point start passing me as well runners you know actually running fast and I'm just like ooh look at you you're you're going fast <laughs> but I have no idea of like whether I'm way behind right now or ahead or what I just know like Well, I'm running and it's probably fast, but I'm going to have to walk at some point. But I get to mile five and I'm still running. And I'm like, holy cow, I'm still running. (laughs) Like, it's a miracle to me. Like, ah, I'm running and it's not hard. And it's mile five. And at this point, I'm like, I don't care what happens the rest of the race. I'm just so happy that I ran five miles. (laughs) So I keep going, catching up to more people and I get to mile six, still running, woohoo! Mile seven, still running. At this point, things are hurting for sure. My IT bands are not happy because they are not used to running seven miles. So hips are getting tight and uh, 
I was definitely feeling the burn, um, but breathing was so good. I was like, this is great. I just keep, I just maintained that steady forward motion. All I kept thinking was momentum, momentum, momentum. Just keep, keep that momentum going. And so I get to the end of West Side Road finally and coming up a hill and take a right-hand turn onto Main Street in Conway. And then there is the eight mile marker. And I'm like, eight miles. I ran eight miles. And at this point, I'm like, there's only 1.3 miles left to go. I could do that. Like, I'm not out of breath at all. Everything hurts, but I can still run. And all I kept thinking was, as long as I can breathe, I can run. So I kept going. And um, the last mile of that course is pretty brutal. I take the turn onto, I don't remember the name of the road, but it's heading towards the finish area. You know, there's still a mile of side roads left to take to the finish area. But so it's that last stretch just seems forever. But as I turn onto that off of Main Street, there's a convenience store, I believe, some kind of store that has lights inside and a big clock on the wall. And I'm like, I got to take a peek at the clock. (laughs) But because I was running and I didn't want to look too long, I didn't get a good look at it. And I wasn't sure if it was showing me because I saw a hand pointing at the 11. So I wasn't sure if I was seeing five of midnight, like five minutes before midnight, or if if that was pointing at the hour. And if it was pointing at the hour, that means it was way before midnight, because if it was closer to midnight it'd be well after the hour so these are the thoughts that are going through my head trying to like figure out what the clock said as I'm running away from it so at this point I start to pass Hammerina the finish line and and I still have to you know run a mile around it but you can you you pass it before you get to the you know a mile later you actually finish so I'm running past it and there's nobody cheering and I don't see the clock lit up and I'm like I'm like am I way early I have no idea because I'm still running. I expected to be walking at some point and take those last few turns. And at this point, everything hurts and I'm just trying to keep going. And normally at the end of a race, I'm trying to speed up. At this point, I am, I'm trying to like slow down and keep running as easily as I can because I'm probably early. (laughs) I want to take as much time as I can. But at this point, I I don't want to walk. I still don't want to walk. I'd rather finish it way early and know that I ran the whole thing than walked and finished at midnight. I know that's not the point of the race, but um, (laughs) I was just like, I'm running 9.3 miles tonight. I don't care. So I kept running as easily and comfortably as I could. And it's probably the only race I've ever done where I crossed the finish line and wasn't out of breath at all. It was amazing. I was hurting. I was ready to be done for sure, but I was not out of breath. And uh, I crossed the finish line, I believe, at 11.50. So I finished 10 minutes ahead of midnight, which was, I mean, it's terrible when you consider the pacing and whatnot. Like, obviously, I wasn't aware of my fitness, but how was I supposed to know I was going to be able to run 9.3 miles when I couldn't run two miles without walking, you know, like I shocked myself and it was amazing. And it just gave me that feeling of, oh yeah, this is what it's like to run and to enjoy it and just to love running. And I loved every single step of that run and it just made me so happy. (laughs) So great. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Yeah. And you know, I didn't even, we didn't even stick around to see the winners. (laughs) I was like, it was 
late and I was exhausted and we're like, let's just go home. Jeff had been, you know, waiting for me all night at various points along the route. So right. we just left. We were exhausted and they, we had to get back to the camp and the kids. So that was very exciting. I'm so glad that I did it. And I'm so thankful to Jeff for being there for me and being my support along the way because um, I think I would have been really scared if he wasn't there. And I may not have done it, you know, if he had stayed home and I just went to do it. You know, I probably would have just been like, yeah, I'll just lay in bed with you. So I'm really glad. I'm really glad that I did. And it's making me excited about running again. So my current plan moving forward is to keep my runs spaced out. I like to do three runs a week max for at least the next month or so and have two rest days between runs at some point one day between runs instead of two but but they'll be spaced out so that I get more rest than if I was to follow the the recovery plan that I was originally following so that's my plan for now I'm just going to keep medium distance runs like three to five milers or maybe go up to six well since I ran nine I figure like I can do like you know between six seven eight but I want to like ease back into it and have more medium distance runs and nothing really long right now and then work up to longer runs as I get closer to reach the beach in September so oh and the other thing I wanted to mention about that if anybody is interested we do have a team set for reach the beach but we may need alternates so if anybody wants to do reach the beach let me know it you know it's like 200 mile relay through New Hampshire. But let me know if you are interested in being an alternate in case somebody drops out and we need somebody. I'd love to have somebody else on my team that I know because I right now I only know one person. So so let me know if anyone's interested in doing that and th- and that's that's it. That was my last couple weeks in running and I'm so excited to be out there again and my leg feels fine. Just sore calves and I'm rubbing a lot. So it's good. That's great. That's a good problem to have, right? Yes. Sue? Yes. All right. Are you ladies ready to move along to our weekly topic, which is choosing a marathon training plan? Yes. All right. So this week in our um, marathon training series that we're doing, we are talking about choosing a marathon training plan. And we're just going to talk about some of the factors that you want to keep in mind as you're looking at some of the training plans that are out there. If you're going with a custom plan designed by a coach, that's probably the best way to go, somebody who knows your needs. But if you're if you're looking for something that's um, online, that's easily accessible, then um, we'll talk about some of the factors that you will want to consider when making that decision. So... The first one that you're going to want to think about is your running experience. So if this is your first marathon, it's probably best to choose a beginner or a novice training plan, which may incorporate more rest days and some lower intensity workouts. And these types of plans are often designed to prevent injuries and overtraining and focus on getting you fit enough to get to the finish line. Obviously, if you're someone who has more experience, then you're going to want a more advanced, more aggressive training plan, depending on your goals, of course. If you're not going for a time, then maybe you don't want a more advanced plan. All right, Megan, what else do we need to think about? We need to think about training time. So how many weeks do you have until your goal race? Some training plans start at 12 weeks. For those who already have 
and excellent aerobic base built up and need more race-specific training. Many typical plans range from 16 to 24 weeks to provide the proper training adaptations, while some beginner plans may extend to 30 weeks to give ample and gradual buildup to longer distances. So I followed an 18-week plan just so it had plenty of time to build up for me. Yeah. Yeah, Hanson's was 18 weeks too, so that's what I did both times. I think that's like a standard. It's I think I'd say the average time is like 18 to 20. Yeah, especially for marathons, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, Training frequency is going to be the next thing you want to consider. When deciding how many days per week you want to commit to marathon training, you should take a look at both your goals and your available time. Are you limited on available training days and just want to finish? Take a look at plans that have three or four training days per week. Are you going for a time goal or trying to break through a plateau? You may want to commit to training with a plan that incorporates five to seven training days per week with some higher intensity workouts as well as active recovery training days. For even more experienced runners, there are advanced plans like some, oh boy, what's this word? Fitzinger. Fitzinger, thank you. Fitzinger plans that incorporate doubles, training days where you may run both morning and evening workouts. So it really just depends on what your schedule looks like and what type of training plan is going to work best with that schedule. Something else you want to think about is the length of your long runs. Long runs are critical in pretty much any marathon training program, considering the length of the marathon itself. It's important to be comfortable running long distances to prepare for the distance on race day, but how long do you actually have to run? Many standard training plans advocate for training up to 20 miles before race day, but no farther. While some plans, such as Hansen's Marathon Method, may limit long runs to 16 or 18 miles. Yet other advanced plans will have you run as far as 22 to 24 miles, or even go the full distance in training. Current training philosophy suggests that it is not necessary to run over 20 miles to prepare for the marathon distance, but for more advanced runners already comfortable running marathons, going further can improve fitness further. It's all a matter of how much your body can handle. Also consider your long run pace. How long will it actually take you to run 20 miles? 3 hours? 4 hours? five or more, many coaches and exercise physiologists say that running longer than two and a half to three hours in training may do more harm than good. I always think about that, that running more than two and a half to three hours in training does more harm than good. And then I think about how I only ran half of my distance this week in that time. Mm-hmm. And that like, if I followed that, then I'm going to go into this marathon woefully unprepared. So <laughs> always think about your training paces too because if you run at a slower pace then you do need to run longer than the two and a half to three hours to be able to get that depending on the plan um you know one of the reasons why I was glad that I went with Hanson's was because as a slower runner my longest runs at 16 miles came out to just over three hours so I felt like it wasn't it wasn't too strenuous like if I was going up to 20 it would have been you know, putting me over four hours. And I think that would have been riskier for me personally. Yeah. So the other thing you have to think about is intensity. 
If you've already completed a marathon or two or have several years of consistent training, you may want to look at a plan that incorporates workouts such as interval training, tempo runs, and marathon paced runs to better prepare your body for harder running over longer distances. If you are a beginner or are injury prone, look for plans that focus more on easy aerobic running or a run-walk program like the Jeff Galloway method. Cross-training. How much cross-training are you willing to do? Some plans incorporate more cross-training and different types of cross-training than others, particularly beginning training plans. They may have strength training days to increase overall strength to prepare you for the demands of harder training and to improve running economy. Or they may have one or two days per week of low-impact cardio training, such as swimming, biking, or walking, which may help to increase your aerobic endurance and allow for active recovery. More advanced plans will focus almost entirely on running to promote more specific running adaptations. Something else you want to think about is um, possibly course-specific training. So what type of course will you be running on race day? Will it be hilly, flat, trail, downhill? Some marathon plans incorporate specific workouts designed to replicate course conditions you'll be facing during your marathon. If you're running a hilly race, look for a training plan that incorporates hill repeats and or hilly long runs. Or you might look for a training plan designed for trail races if much of your race involves trail running. It's important to prepare the body for the difficulties it will encounter on race day so that you'll be able to endure and run strong to the finish. Some races may even provide training plans or group training programs that are race specific with training on portions of the race course that you'll be running. So there are many factors to consider when choosing a marathon training program. So think about what types of training will work best for you and for your goals. And remember that virtually any program of consistent training is usually better than no training at all. And uh, another thing that we want to include this week in our show notes is a link to a wiki page that is a comparison of different marathon training programs. So obviously there's lots of different marathon training programs out there. This link will list some of the more popular common ones used and talk about the benefits and advantages of each and really gets into the numbers, which ones have a uh, steeper buildup, which ones have longer runs, which ones have more long runs, which ones incorporate cross training or more rest days, that kind of thing. So it's a really great resource and definitely recommend checking it out if you're having trouble deciding on a marathon training plan. All right, that brings us to Run a Girl Recommends. All right, Katie, what is your recommend this week? Well, as we all know, I've been spending a lot of time traveling, a lot of time in the car, and one of my favorite ways to pass that time is by listening to podcasts. This is a fairly new podcast. It's the Radiolab Presents More Perfect, and uh, this is just the brief description of the podcast taken from the website. It says, how does an elite group of nine people shape everything from marriage and money to safety and sex for an entire nation? Radiolab's first ever spinoff series, More Perfect dives into the rarefied world of the Supreme Court to explain how cases deliberated inside hallowed halls affect lives far away from the bench. Of course, 
I am a history person. I love history, especially political science type stuff and and just politics in general. So this podcast focuses on really, really uh, important cases that the Supreme Court has ruled on and how it still affects, of course, our lives today. The last episode that just came out this week uh, was about a case that actually originated in Louisville, Kentucky. And one of the teachers that I'm now working with, she used... I think it was the serial podcast, actually, in her constitutional law class last year. So that really kind of got me thinking, how could I use some of these in the classroom? Of course, you've always got to be careful of language and that type of thing. But really, really interesting to kind of get more of a background story and information about a lot of these cases that we are still dealing with today. So if that's something that you're interested in as well, if you're a history nerd like me, definitely check this out about the Supreme Court. It's Radiolab Presents More Perfect. Awesome. That sounds like a good find. I'm super interested in, you know, Supreme Court cases, especially because, I mean, these are people who are ruling on the Constitution and it's it's so important to our lives. So that's great. I'll have to check that out. Mm -hmm. And it just started um, in June. So I think there's only maybe like six episodes out right now. So it's not one that you're going to have to, you know, dig through archives and archives in order to get back to the beginning. So now would be a good time to start. Awesome. All right, Megan, what is your recommend this week? My recommend this week is a running app. It's called Run Go. And I know it's available for iPhone and Android. It's not available for Windows phones, unfortunately. Hmm. Sorry, y'all. But it's an app. It'll track your pace and your distance. But the cool part is you can upload routes into it or found routes that people have already run. I am so excited because I've been wanting an app that does this. (laughs) Yes, and you can make your own route and upload it and then share it with people, or you can find other routes that other people have done. Oh, you just changed my life! (laughs) I will tell you, it's a little bit frustrating, because, you know, with GPS, it can be a little bit slow Mm -hmm. updating you on your location, so if you make a wrong turn, you might go a very far distance before you realize you made the wrong turn. Really? It doesn't doesn't say, like, recalculating route or something? (laughs) Well, it'll tell you that, but if you get too far off course then it just stops telling you you're off course and just assumes you know what you're doing. So it's not like your GPS where it'll recalculate and come up with a new route. Right. So if you, but if you make a wrong turn, it says correct your position or something. (laughs) I don't know. Very GPS formal. Sure. And you can also look in the app and it'll have like your pen where you are and it'll show you where you're supposed to be. That's what I had to do yesterday. And this is part of why we got lost Mm. for almost half a mile just going the wrong way and really that's me not knowing the area right. so if you're running in an area you know you're gonna know like to get back to where you were yeah. you it's this general direction yeah I, I don't know go ahead yeah because I don't know the area well enough sometimes I don't know the general direction of things otherwise I would have been like oh no we go this way and then it wouldn't be such an issue but um it's great I like it it doesn't include stops in your pace, though, so you'll have to consider that. Like my watch auto pauses, so if I stop to use the bathroom or stop at a stoplight, it doesn't include that in my runtime. The app won't do that, so it was telling me my pace was like 15 minutes a mile, and that was not the case. But just because if I had stopped at a light or whatever, mm-hmm. 
it did. So I was like, okay, it's really useful. I like the map feature and I like being able to look at where I'm supposed to go for a planned route. That's awesome. I am totally going to get lost with this for sure. Like this is an app to use if you want to get lost. Not saying that you'll get lost on every use, but yeah, I could totally see myself getting lost and I am okay with it because I've been wanting something that does this. I'm so excited. (laughs) Awesome. Recommend. Run, go. Yay. All right. My recommend this week is a book that I just picked up on Kindle. As I've been getting much closer to my current goal weights, I've been thinking about what I want to do as far as bulking and whether I'm going to start going back to the gym and lifting weights again. I have been doing body weight workouts at home, which I love because I don't have to go to the gym. I can do them here. So when I heard about convict conditioning, I was like, that's perfect because I can learn to bulk up using just the body weight exercises. A lot of them I've already been doing. I just You just learn progressions. So what it is, is this guy was in prison and developed this... Um, workout routine uh, basically it's it's just typical old school calisthenics so it's like push-ups pull-ups bridges um there's some some ab workouts some like leg raises in there a lot of it is stuff that I already do and so I'm like you know what if I'm just going to become more advanced in these types of of workouts you start out with like you know easy versions of push-ups like wall push-ups and then you get down on the ground and do them on your knees and then you do full regular push-ups and then you do close-handed push-ups or diamond push-ups and then you're transitioning to one-handed push-ups and it's like every type of exercise has all of these progressions so they get more and more difficult and you can actually bulk up like I wouldn't think that you would be able to bulk up using just your own body weight because unless your body weight's increasing you're not increasing any demand on your body but you are actually making the exercises more challenging. He talks a lot in the book about how these are the uh, workouts that people did like throughout history, particularly like Greeks and, and Romans and how they had these huge physiques and, you know, and they did it doing these types of exercises, not lifting weights and going to the gym and throwing around barbells. And so I like the idea of I already have everything I need to do to do this and that I can actually build muscle doing it. So this is what I've been reading and this is my plan for the winter and continuing my body weight exercises and not actually actually having to go to the gym. So that's uh, Convict Conditioning by Paul Wade. So that is it for recommends. And up next, we have Runner Girl of the Week. All right, Katie, who is our Runner Girl of the Week this week? This week, it is Miss Sonia from Georgia. She has been a runner girl way back in the day, uh, but I decided to pick this run from Sonia because she wrote, this was a pretty, uh, pretty good run. No pain again from runner's knee injury. I'm taking it easy, getting myself back to three miles, and then we'll go from there. I'm thinking about doing a half marathon in December. So just like the majority of us, you know, she's kind of encountered a bump on the road here, been dealing with runner's knee and the pain that's associated with that. 
but she has been doing a great job of her consistency. If you look at her daily mile, she she uploads every week and she's got those runs in there every week. So you keep that up, Sonia, and I know that sooner rather than later, you will be back out there and looking forward to uh, seeing what you decide about a half marathon in December. That would be really cool and hopefully that works out for you. Your knee's feeling better. Awesome. Yeah, great job coming back from running, Sonia. Hope that knee holds up. And uh, yeah, just I know those those first few runs coming back are really tough. I know it because I've had them. <laughs> yeah. But then eventually you get a run where you just feel like you can run all day and it's glorious and it's out there waiting for you. <laughs> so we choose our runner girl of the week from our Daily Mile feeds. If you'd like to friend us on Daily Mile and possibly be a future runner girl, all of our links are on the sidebar of our website at runnergirlspodcast.com. Oh, and Megan Smash Run link is there too. And up next, we have feedback. We got an email to runagirlspodcast at gmail.com from charity challenge winner Jean Weasler. And she says, hi, girls. My shirt and medal arrived yesterday. So cool. I wore the shirt on my run this morning. The shirt actually got me out of bed today. I was bargaining with myself about pushing this run tomorrow instead. But I was like, no, I need to run it on my runner girl shirt today so I can tell them about it. And the metal is awesome. The engraving is a really nice touch. Thank you again so much. She looks Yay. so cute. I love that picture of her and her glasses and a runner girl shirt. <laughs> I know. I know it looks, looks like her glasses match her shirt. <laughs> yeah. Fun part of a new shirt to get you out of bed to go I know. run. Any new type of running gear. And it's like, oh, I have to run today. <laughs> All right, Katie, you want to take the next one? Sure. Uh, We also got a message on Facebook where Becky Clayton says, I love my new Runner Girls Podcast Tech t-shirt. And she also uploaded a picture there of her rocking the Runner Girls Podcast shirt with what looks like to be a matching Bondi band. So good coordination there, Becky. Looks great. Everybody's loading up on the pink. I love it. Yes. Uh, Runner Girls shirts look good on you, ladies. All right. I think that brings us to the end of the show. Megan, do you have a quote for us? My quote is, endurance is patience concentrated from Thomas Carlyle. And I was thinking about how sometimes when you're running long distance, you really just have to be patient, patient with yourself and patient with the amount of miles you have to do and patient with training because marathon training is kind of a test of endurance Mm. can you put all these miles in for 18 weeks straight can you get up every saturday morning at 5 45 a.m so you can be running by seven can you endure the fact of all the things you're missing out on because you're marathon training the final test of patience is how long 26.2 miles actually is Yeah, see, you're the only one who has that experience, so I'm just kind of forgetting about that for right now. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't count yet. I'm trying to not think about it till I get there. I've done it twice now, so it's it's not too long, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the first thing I said, like crossing the finish line of my first marathon. That was really long. <laughs> well, I thought about that, you know, having run all the miles I did this week, you know, just about a marathon. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
do it, but now I have to do that all together. <laughs> Don't think about like, that part. all at one time. <laughs> That's the thing so, that you, you know, don't you try not to think about until you're actually like in it, right? <laughs> and even then you're trying not to think about like how much further you have left to go. <laughs> awesome. Well that's a great quote, Megan. I like that. Patience concentrated. That's it for episode twenty two of season four. Join us next time when we will be talking about the magic of marathon pace. If you have any questions, email runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com post on facebook.com slash runner girls podcast tweet to us at runner girls show call the hotline at 207-200-3297 and follow us on instagram at runner girls podcast listen to us at runnergirlspodcast.com itunes or stitcher thanks for listening now go outside and run <laughs>